1: that's
0: hypothetical, hyperthetical h y p e r t h e t i c a l
1: this episode of homestead on the corner was brought to you by our supporters on patreon if you'd like to support the show then please go to patreon.com/homesteadcorner and check out our donor rewards good morning everyone this is trevor van winkle and you're listening to homestead on the corner Business, Frodo, going out your door. You step into the road, and if you don't keep your feet, there's no knowing where you might be swept off to. These were the words of Bilbo Baggins to his nephew Frodo in The Fellowship of the Ring. They come almost immediately after Frodo and Sam leave the Shire, crossing the boundary between the familiar and unknown for the first time in their lives. They are on the first step of a long and treacherous journey to save the world, and Indeed, they have no idea where their feet will carry them. At this point in the plot, they just expect to get the ring to the elves and then go home. But even so, they've crossed a threshold, stepped out the door and set off with a plan and a desire to fulfill. Their ordinary world has been disrupted and things can't return to normal until they've completed their mission. Or so they believe. In reality, the world they've always known will be forever changed by the new perspective and wounds they will carry with them afterwards. Indeed, there's no knowing where you might be swept off to once you cross over to that other side. Whenever you leave the well-worn roads of the everyday, there is always a danger present. In medieval Europe, leaving the village and going out into the woods was a dangerous proposition, and fairy tales were told and retold to warn of the dangers of the forest along with what might be gained if the brave and wise could overcome the wolves, witches, and fairies who dwelt beneath the trees. The seas were once treacherous and deadly, and even now they hold mysteries we have only just begun to comprehend. Yet beyond them were new lands to explore, new frontiers to find, and new discoveries to be made that would change the world forever. And now, the airless void between the worlds represents the last and greatest threshold for humankind to cross. A place so dangerous and alien that a few minutes in its grasp will freeze, boil, and suffocate your frail earthling body, alone, in the deep dark vacuum of infinity. Yet we keep going out there because... Well, just look at it. It's the universe, unbounded in every direction, full of unknown possibilities and alien worlds just as real and complex as our little blue marble of an earth. Who knows what will happen out there? Who knows where we'll be swept off to? Within our lives, we cross many thresholds. We leave home for the first time, move to a new city, go to college, start a new job, make new friends, and form new relationships. Change the lifeblood of both stories and our own lives, requires a move away from the familiar into something new and unfamiliar by its very definition. Whether by choice or by circumstances beyond our control, we are pushed out into the woods, past the shore and through the atmosphere, into a strange and alien set of circumstances. Whether we know what to expect or not, we are almost never practically prepared for the reality of living in them. As we pass out of the ordinary world of the protagonist and into the extraordinary realm where story really occurs, we'll examine ways to make that transition clear, compelling, and exciting to the reader by demonstrating the challenge facing our hero and how they will learn to adapt and overcome through the course of the narrative. At every point in your writing, it's important to know where you are and where you're going but especially in your first act. So let's recap where we are. The Hook has introduced your protagonist's ordinary world and personal thesis, their flawed and incomplete way of looking at life, in a way that creates a compelling context for the reader. An inciting incident occurs that fundamentally disrupts the basis for that thesis, making it untenable or unsustainable. That is because the protagonist has just lost something, either physical or psychological, that they've used to define their sense of self. This could be as extreme as a loved one dying, or as simple as losing their internal sense of safety. Because of this, their internal continuity and narrative are disrupted, and they become resistant to change. Yet they have to change. Either because of their own actions or the influence of an external force, their circumstances have changed, and they have to adapt in order to survive. Refusal to do so would lead to character death. Either a literal, physical death, or a metaphorical one caused by a refusal to move and grow. It's at this crossroads that we now find ourselves. The character has an internal need that should be clearly demonstrated by now. A belief or pattern of behavior that either hurts themselves, a psychological need, and or others, a moral need. Their equilibrium and balance in life has been irreversibly disrupted. Much as they might like to go back to the way things were, The inciting incident makes that impossible. But they still don't have to progress any further down this path. We know that people can stay where they are and adapt to pretty much anything in life. Luke Skywalker could stay on Tatooine and take over his aunt and uncle's farm, or get a job as a bush pilot. Frodo could bury the One Ring in his backyard and just hope nobody finds it. Jean Valjean could just take Bishop Muriel's silver and hide away, continuing to live his life as a criminal and fugitive. But I think you can see the problem. If they refuse to change, they'll be destroyed. Valjean will eventually be caught by the police or killed by another thief. The Ring Race will find Bag End, kill Frodo, and take the ring. And we all sense that if Luke doesn't join the Rebellion, it would only be a matter of time before the Death Star appeared in the skies of Tatooine. The forces of antagonism are active in your story world before the narrative begins, only first appearing in the hook or at the inciting incident of your narrative. They are already moving towards their goal while the protagonist hesitates over whether or not to leave their comfortable little bubble. And whether or not they realize it, something about their circumstances or personality puts them on a direct collision course with those forces. If they don't start moving and preparing for that confrontation as well, they will be caught with their guard down and no way of defending themselves. This is why a refusal to change and adapt leads to character death. In a compelling story, the world cannot just be sitting by and letting the protagonist get along with their life in peace. Nor can it allow them to just retreat forever. The design of an antagonist or a force of antagonism has to be such that they, or it, will pursue the protagonist to the ends of the earth if they try to escape. The biblical story of Jonah is perhaps the clearest example of this. Not wanting to obey God and preach to the foreigners of Nineveh, Jonah gets on a boat and sails in the opposite direction. He flees deeper into his safe, ordinary world, in other words. Or at least he tries to but the Extraordinary catches up with him en route in the form of a massive storm and a whale that swallows him whole. It's only in the belly of the beast that Jonah finally repents and gets with the program. He has to obey the call. He can't escape the Extraordinary World and trying only leads him further into it with less time to prepare. He has to turn and face his problems head-on if he is going to survive them. The inciting incident is a major disruption, but it's not a point of no return. It's a change in circumstances, not a decision. In John York's Into the Woods, A Five-Act Journey into Structure, he says, quote, every act has two turning points within it, the latter of which acts as an explosion that invites the protagonist into an alien world, end quote. That explosion, York goes on to say, is a crisis point. Dictionary.com defines crisis as, quote, a condition of instability or danger leading to a decisive change," end quote. It is a moment of decision, choice, and change in response to chaos. The protagonist must make a choice, an active choice of their own free will, reluctant or otherwise, that will fundamentally change their approach to this problem. Your protagonist cannot simply stumble over the first threshold into the extraordinary world. They may stumble into the circumstances of the inciting incident, But as stated above, they still seemingly have a chance to turn back. Illusory though it may be. However, the story can't really begin until the reader sees them make a choice that resolves that crisis. Once that choice is made, there's no turning back. The protagonist may make a different choice later in the story, and will often choose to adopt a different tactic several times throughout the narrative. But they won't be able to go back to the way things were. Nor will they be able to de-escalate to lesser, simpler actions. Rather, they are now on a path of progressively escalating plans, failures, and risks on the way to the climax and final crisis moment of your narrative. Once they've passed the first threshold, the door to the ordinary world locks behind them until they can defeat their antagonist and return with a knowledge or insight that will fix their internal need. In the words of Anna Sheridan, Well, I guess the only way out is through. How do you make it clear that the threshold between the Ordinary World and the Extraordinary One has been crossed, though? In some stories, it's obvious. The protagonist makes a literal transition into a different world, physically separated from our own. This occurs most often in science fiction and fantasy. The Pevensies enter Narnia, Luke Skywalker leads his planet, and the Doctor's companions leave their home in the time machine known as the TARDIS for the first time. Rowan returns to the Echo Wood, Captain Astor leaves Homeworld aboard the Elementus, and Eli Barrett washes up on a deserted island with Anne Bonnie. A physical departure from the familiar world is the clearest way to demonstrate the end of Act 1. However, this is far from the only way to demonstrate that a threshold has been crossed. The first variation on this technique is to have your protagonist enter a different space within the same physical world. A hero who is used to being on top of the socio-economic food chain ends up penniless and depressed on the streets, as in the first threshold of the film, The Fisher King. Or it could happen in the other direction, such as in The Prince and the Pauper and the slew of homages and pastiches surrounding it. A sudden shift in status or power is just as extreme a change as moving to a new location. There are new rules to learn, new dangers and risks to face, and new characters to meet. This change places the protagonist in a different world, just as surely as stepping through a magic wardrobe does. Another technique is to have the ordinary world be transformed by the arrival of the antagonistic force. In the case of a natural disaster or a strong personal antagonist, their presence can alter the very landscape and rules of the world. One strong example is the rise of the Joker in The Dark Knight, as he transforms Gotham City into a nightmarish version of itself, one where no one is safe, the old rulers are no longer in control, and fire trucks burn in the streets. This reflects the battle for Gotham's soul throughout the film. There are two versions of the city, and the audience gets to see both. Gotham as Batman sees it, and Gotham as the Joker sees it. One represents the thesis, the ordinary world, and the other the antithesis. Batman crosses that threshold when he is forced to play by the Joker's rules and fight him in a penthouse full of socialites rather than in the shadows. This same effect can be achieved in less grandiose, genre-focused stories. When someone close to us disappears out of our lives, it fundamentally changes the emotional tone and social rules of the world we operate in. Until a new equilibrium is found, the home that normally represents our ordinary world is transformed into an ever-shifting shadow of its former self an ordinary world that has been made unfamiliar by changes within it. This is often the case in domestic and family dramas that are set in a single location, where the crossing of the threshold cannot be signified by a change in location or status. Occasionally, these techniques are mixed and recombined in a variety of interesting ways. For instance, in Star Trek The Next Generation, The structure of the show, and the budget constraints that defined it, meant that many episodes took place entirely on the USS Enterprise, a standing set that could be used and reused ad infinitum. In the pilot episode, Encounter at Farpoint, the first appearance of the powerful Q entity, the antagonist of the episode and, to some extent, the series itself, signals the inciting incident. However, Captain Picard's choice in response to this is to flee at which point Q teleports the crew into an illusory courtroom to stand trial for humanity's actions. In this series of events, we have crisis decision, an attempt to flee the call to adventure, and a crossing of a threshold, in this case physically. But when the crew are returned to the Enterprise, they don't truly leave the extraordinary world. They know they are being tested by the Q, and they can't escape his influence by running away. Another example? In the Doctor Who episode, Heaven Sent, the Doctor faces off against a monster made of nightmares in a shifting, maze-like castle he cannot escape. The first act sees the Doctor arriving in this mysterious place, briefly examining his surroundings, and then facing the veil, a terrifying projection of his own fears created to scare him to death. Backed into a corner with no means of escape, he decides to jump out of a window, narrowly avoiding death by carefully calculating a way to survive his fall, while he's already falling. We follow the Doctor into his own head, where he visualizes himself in the TARDIS, explaining the solution to his already dead companion, Clara. Heaven Sent really is a remarkable piece of science fiction because it dramatizes grief within the plot, using the Doctor's memory of Clara to push him towards change and growth in the wake of her death. In many ways, this memory of Clara is the antagonist, And when she first appears on screen, she provides the break into Act 2 for a complex story that, by the end of it, spans billions of years. Why is this transition to a new world so important in story structure, though? Why can't the protagonists change in a consistent, singular world? Don't people change within their normal worlds all the time? It may be a debate for a psychologist and philosophers whether people really change in that way. But in stories, it just doesn't happen that way. Characters don't change deeply because they want to or because they decide to. They decide to cross the threshold to face their demons to protect what they love, but they don't choose to change on their own. And the simplest reason for this fact? The first and most fundamental law of good storytelling, show, don't tell. I think we all roll our eyes a little bit when someone tells us that a seemingly inane experience resulted in their life being changed forever. Whether it's a vacation or some kind of spiritual retreat, we don't entirely believe people when they tell us they're a changed person because of it. Perhaps the experience really was life-changing, but we don't see it that way from the outside. In our lives, change occurs slowly and almost imperceptibly, and only happens suddenly in response to crisis and trauma. Saying that a pleasant or everyday occurrence changed them on a fundamental level seems like a laughable statement. Again, storytelling is life amplified. What is hidden, subconscious, and internal must be made external. Shown rather than told. This, of course, means different things in different mediums. In novels and other works of narrative fiction that allow the reader to get inside the character's head, it means creating a believable and consistent internal monologue, one that will convincingly show their transformation. In those cases, the threshold to be crossed is a mental one. A shifting of attitudes or change in thought patterns that indicates the stakes of the external world have increased, whether or not anything has physically changed. In theater and other live performance-based media, Conflict is primarily shown through dialogue and relationships between characters. The shift in the character's world has to be demonstrated and explored using these tools, and the beginning of a major interpersonal problem is usually the indicator that the first threshold has been crossed. And in visual mediums like film and television, the conflicts are most often external or social. Because of this, the break into Act 2 most commonly features a change in physical location. By focusing on the strengths and unique tools of your particular writing medium, you can find ways to make the transition to the Extraordinary World effective within the story and show an increase in stakes. This is the second reason the protagonist needs to leave what they're used to at the end of the first act. The stakes need to escalate once the hero sets out. If they don't, the reader won't really believe the protagonist can change as a result of this story. It may be a cliche, but... Nothing ventured, nothing gained is truer in storytelling than it is in life. If the protagonist doesn't take a genuine risk crossing the threshold and beginning their journey, or if the reader or audience doesn't feel like they're taking a risk, then whatever the protagonist gains, physically or emotionally, will feel unearned, forced, or contrived. Take this example, story. Bill went into his garage one morning, found a $100 bill on the floor, and decided to invest it. Within three years, he was a millionaire. Now, Maybe it's possible that it happened as simply as that, but it's not likely, and more than that, it feels false. Intuitively, we try to fill in the gaps. We know there has to be more to the story for it to be, well, a story. We know that no character gets that rich that quickly, easily or ethically. The story would either be about how Bill beat impossible odds and took incredible risks, Or, how he sacrificed his morality and soul to gain material wealth at the expense of others. The pursuit of happiness, or breaking bad, in other words. Without risks, without stakes, there is no story. And we rarely feel there's anything at stake when we're within our own sphere of influence. Generally, even when our lives are miserable or out of our control, we believe we can manage things better this way than if we stepped out of line and tried something different. Our boss might be annoying and controlling, but at least they're a known quantity in our lives. Leaving our job to seek greener pastures always carries the risk that our new situation will be worse than the old. The same with any relationship, personal or professional, even our relationship with ourselves. We may not necessarily like who we are as people, but at least we have a vague idea of who that person is. Choosing to take a step towards change, be it going to therapy, seeking help with an addiction, or going on a journey of self-discovery, is inherently brave, but harbors the same risks as any other awkward, unknown change. We don't know who we'll become at the end of this. There's always a chance that we'll end up worse off, push away the people we love, or lose our sense of self in the process. Our brain runs the calculation. Nothing ventured, nothing gained, nothing lost. Except, as we talked about last time, our sense of self isn't static. It doesn't remain the same if we leave it alone. It corrodes, festers, and dies if left to its own devices. If nothing changes, everything ends. A refusal of the call to adventure is not an escape from risk, but a surrender to the inevitability of time and mortality before death. It is a rejection of the possibility of personal growth and change at the point when it is most likely to occur. It's choosing to listen to fear rather than one's own soul, and for a character who does this, it's the choice that leads them to become a tragic example. They must step into the realm of uncertainty, ambiguity, and dynamic change, despite every impulse telling them to remain where they are.
0: Shopify.com slash realm.
1: Story represents an ever-escalating set of stakes for the protagonist that will demonstrate how and why they adapt and grow to the reader or audience. The inciting incident shows what they have to lose, the stakes of the story. Whether that's their life, their marriage, their job, or their universe— The protagonist clearly has skin in this game, but until they choose to sit down at the table and start placing bets, the game can't really begin. The story can't get going. In flight, there are four fundamental forces that need to be correctly balanced in order to achieve liftoff. Lift, weight, thrust, and drag. In a typical airplane, lift is achieved by having air move over the wing in a way that pushes the entire plane up against the pull of gravity. Since we can't move the air, at least not without a wind tunnel or a major storm, the plane has to move forward itself. It needs thrust, a force pushing hundreds of tons of steel and fuel down the runway and up into the air. In other words, if the plane isn't moving, it doesn't take off, and it certainly can't get anywhere interesting that way. But every time a plane takes off, it's a risk. Marginal with modern aviation technology, but infinitely greater than it was on the ground. The higher the plane flies, the harder it will hit the ground if something goes wrong. In physics, this chance of falling is called potential energy. A source of energy just waiting to be realized. As in life, so in story. Climbing higher means you have further to fall. Trying harder means you have room to fail. That risk, the chance that everything might go horribly wrong, is what powers your story as you head into Act 2. From now until you reach the end of your narrative, the stakes will only get higher and higher, and the actions of your protagonist more and more extreme to face them. But it all starts with that first threshold crossed, that first risk taken. Let your reader see it clearly, and your story will resonate with them far more deeply. thank you for listening to this episode of homestead on the corner today's first step forward was written and produced by trevor van winkle and featured music from lauren baker and jesse Hagen. speaking of new ventures our brand new fiction podcast the sheridan tapes just launched last friday to find out where to listen to it head over to the dot for show links and more info in the meantime Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Trevor underscore VW for updates on both of our shows, and check out patreon.com slash homesteadcorner if you want to support our little production team. Next episode, we step fully into the world of adventure as our hero faces their first challenges and tentative victories. New episodes of this podcast released every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss it. Well, that's about all for now. From the homestead on the corner, have a great day, and keep riding. Anna Sheridan, New York Times best-selling author of Supernatural Horror. Missing for nearly six months now. That's not possible. Is the broken Or did I turn to the screencast? given the circumstances of her disappearance, someone with a more vivid imagination might decide she'd pierced the veil, so to speak.
0: Weak radio signal. 700
1: meters.